Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Um, Vlad Savchuk, how are you doing today, bro? Hey, I'm doing better than I deserve, Isaiah. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Man, I'm so excited. First of all, I gotta say this, guys. I had Vlad on, I think about a month and a half, two months ago, and look at his setup from then till now, bro. I love the camera, I love the audio. Your setup is incredible. I love what God is doing. I know that I would love you to tell us about the book that you have coming out October 1st called Fight Back, um, and it's about uh, fighting back. It's about deliverance, so I'd love for you to share. I know you have the shirt, the boxing gloves. I really believe, Vlad, now it. is the time. I believe it's a prophetic word because I believe mm -hmm. the church has been sitting around too long letting the devil beat their face in letting the devil use them as a mat the bible says that the salt that's worthless gets thrown out and gets trampled mm -hmm. on and we've let the devil and darkness and the world trample on us but i believe that god is calling a generation to fight back so if you want to just um jump into that tell us about the book and then you know share a bit about deliverance and then we'll jump in to start doing some of these questions tonight awesome 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 first of all i just want to say a huge thank you isaiah you're constantly bringing this topic i think it's uh rare that a lot of people talk about it and it's even more rare that people do it and I think the fact that people are curious is just shows that there's a hunger for, for freedom. There's a hunger for supernatural within a young generation. And so 2018, I wrote a book called Fight Back, but uh, Break Free pretty much deals with, uh, you know, deliverance uh, and all of that stuff. Since then, a lot of questions have been risen up. And so actually this year, I wrote a small little ebook. I released it for free called Frequently Asked Questions About Deliverance. And then... But I've noticed that a lot of people who get delivered, they either go back from deliverance to deliverance, kind of like, I think it's about 70% of people who get out of jail. I used to go and minister in jail and the uh, people in jail would tell me that the people in jail, it's not their first time and it's not going to be their last time. And I really feel like a lot of people who get out of sin is a similar thing. It's kind of how people, how people get out of jail. They get out and only they go back and they wow. keep going back to the same thing. And so, and I started to study the scriptures and, um, I have, I'm a pastor, so I, I have people like that in our church. And so, and I started to see in the scriptures that God never created us for deliverance. He created us for dominion and deliverance is a means to an end. It's not the goal. And so, because people have set their goal as a deliverance, a lot of them, they go from deliverance to deliverance instead of deliverance to dominion. Wow. And so on October 1st, I'm going to release that book, but I really believe that God is restoring um, the the re the reality of the spiritual world and mm. he's restoring the need for deliverance in the church you know i've seen we we do every last sunday of every month we do a prayer line for deliverance for the last four years even <laughs> one time it fell on christmas wow, <laughs> and we did deliverance on, on christmas on. and uh so i mean people still need jesus christmas is about what it's about jesus it's not about santa what does jesus do he heals the sick he casts out demons he saves the lost and so um we just had it two weeks ago a deliverance service and people flew from some drove from redding california some flew from texas some drove from seattle area for prayer and and then the moment we stopped praying demons started coming on. out uh, one gentleman uh you know he was delivered from a spirit of homosexuality it was a pretty stubborn demon and so i've seen 
a lot of people we have people in our church right now who were delivered from a spirit of lesbianism and Come after on. that that stuff was removed and you know while people try to pet those sins and kind of like deal with them on a human level but when you begin to confront the demonic and you begin to see the change in people's lives my friend i'm going to tell you one thing it's mm. worth the criticism it's worth Preach. what people say about us it's worth offending the religious i've seen people who were healed of sleep apnea leukemia and wow. cancer after they were delivered from demon demon spirits. Some of them didn't even know they had a demon spirit. Wow. They came for prayer for healing. When we start praying, something came out and they were delivered. And so I've really I'm a huge uh, believer in not cleaning the the spider web. But honestly, you gotta go find the spider and you gotta squash that bug and you gotta get rid of it and you will stop seeing spider web. You know mm. where I used to live, uh, Isaiah. I was always cleaning the spider web on the weekends when I would mow my lawn and I never saw the spider. I never saw the spider when I saw the spider web. Wow. And that's how people see it. People see the problems, the spider web in their life. And many times they're like, well, there is no demon behind it because so I don't good. see it. Well, I never saw the spider, but I'm not an idiot. I know that if there's a spider web, there must be a spider. And so, and if I kept cleaning that spider web every weekend, every weekend it keeps showing up until, you know, you would kill the spider. And wow. so when you remove the root of the problem, which is a lot of times, it's way more spiritual than we realize. I'm not saying everything is always spiritual, but world is way more spiritual than we realize. And so, and I think that as Christians, we have to come back. Anointing of the Holy Spirit breaks yoke. It's not given to you to make you famous. It's not given to you to make you popular. It's not given to you to make you a best-selling author and then most invited speaker. Anointing is given to break yoke. So mm. if you're afraid of the yoke, if you're ashamed of people's yoke, if you run from the yoke, why in the world do you need anointing? Wow. And, and I, I love that because I think so many people right now need deliverance more time than they've ever needed it. People don't realize the wow. anxiety, the stress, the fear is the an fear. open door to the demonic wow. realm. And then if you look at now, I, I don't even want to get wow. into the cartoons and the magic and the witchcraft that's happening right now mm -hmm. in our culture. We are being assaulted by the supernatural realm, the demonic side of uh -huh. it. And I don't know why, Pastor Vlad, but the church has taken a back seat. We have not talked about the supernatural. We've not talked about the spiritual. And I'm telling you guys, listen, if we don't begin to train our kids, if we don't begin to train mm -hmm. our churches about the supernatural, about the demonic, then the world is going to. Then the culture is going yes. to. I'm constantly on my kids' iPads because every show mm -hmm. has magic, has witchcraft, has spells, has sorcery. Yeah. And guys, what you need to understand, Social. some of you, you might hear us tonight when we talk about yoga and we talk about spiritual spouses and stuff that you've never heard before and you say well that doesn't seem fair you have to understand that the word fair does not exist in the demons vocabulary the word fair does not exist to the devil and the devil the bible says his assignment is to still kill and destroy and you completely bring all out destruction over every area of your life and it is time that the church rises up now begins to fight back and begins to realize that right now listen there's 900 of you listening every single one of us listening now whether you like it or not are in a spiritual battle there is a war think about this there's a war raging right now in the unseen realm in the spirit realm in the invisible realm that most believers 
have no clue about. And let me tell you, ignorance to the war does not discount you or justify you from not engaging in it. Because regardless of whether you know about it or listen or get taught or engage in spiritual warfare, you're in spiritual warfare. And I think, Pastor Vlad, what you just said is so crucial because so many believers live as the devil's punching bag for years and they never understand. They think it's normal and they don't realize that they no longer have to be a punching bag for darkness, but they could use the enemy as a punching bag and they could violently destroy the kingdom of darkness. You don't have to live. Let me just say this as we get started tonight. You don't have to live your entire life having panic attacks. I'm telling somebody tonight in the chat, you don't have to live your entire life with cancer, with disease. When we talk about doing deliverance on people with sickness, we did a deliverance on a lady with cancer and literally cast out the spirit of cancer. And I started thinking after the deliverance, Pastor Vlad, we went to lunch. I was thinking in my mind, just think about this. This lady is about to die with cancer. Everybody in the church has prayed healing over. Everybody basically, basically said, well, there's no hope for you. God didn't heal you. You're going to die. Just think about this. Uh, she's going to die. Like her life is over. Mm -hmm. She raised kids. She had a family. She has grandkids that love her, people that care about her. Now she's on her deathbed at the end of her life and no believers around her even thought that it could be demonic. Now we're over here doing deliverance. The spirit of cancer gets cast out of her. She's fine now. But think about this. All because somebody was willing to confront what other people are sweeping under the rug and what other people are justified. Yeah. And just what you said about the spiders, I think as believers, we treat deliverance the same way. We're afraid of whether it be the spiders and, oh, I'm afraid. I don't want to touch them. Let me just say this. There's one thing I teach my kids about spiders. There's one thing I know about spiders. Spiders are more afraid of you and your parents have told you this all your life than same. you are. Of the, uh, they're more afraid of you than you are same. of them. They're terrified of humans i mean think about it and you Come have on. to realize that demons are subject to us we're not subject right. to demons so as we start tonight That's don't right. get all oh i'm scared and we just broke a thousand Come viewers on. come on share this let's get up to two thousand don't on. sit back and say oh i'm afraid of what you're talking about i'm afraid of uh deliverance i'm afraid of manifestations i'm afraid of getting attacked at night yeah. if i preach on deliverance because realize the demons are more afraid of you than you are of them that right. you've been given all authority and all power over them, mm -hmm. but power is pointless if you don't exercise it. There's no point in having authority and power if you never use it. And so I believe now's the time for deliverance, for breakthrough. You know, Pastor Vlad, I was praying this last week saying, God, who do I bring mm -hmm. on what? And I was reading your frequently asked question book that you wrote. I was going, Lord, these are what we need to be talking about to train the people up. So tonight, guys, tonight is a night of training. Share this because we're going to jump into it. I want to start. I have down here about 20 questions, maybe 25 questions. Maybe we'll get to all of them. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Um, as you guys can tell, I'm fired up. This is my absolute favorite ministry to talk about. It's my favorite topic. If you follow the stream, you already know that. I'm passionate about it. Isaiah, why are you so passionate about it? Because I've watched the way that it changes lives. I've watched people. Yeah. People be addicted to drugs for years and in one yeah. deliverance they get breakthrough they're never addicted again i've watched marriages get restored i've watched kids get delivered i've watched cancers and sicknesses get cast out infirmities get cast out and so we know the power of deliverance this is why we're passionate this is why we're talking about it if you're going to be up in here like oh i don't think we should there's a thousand other streams that are not talking about deliverance if you want someone to sugarcoat it water it down pat you on the butt change your diaper spoon feed you make you a bottle there's a thousand other podcasts where they'll put a pacifier 
pacifier in your mouth but tonight we're spitting out the pacifier and we're picking up a sword and it's time for us to get violent in jesus name so here's the first question now listen you guys already know the first question we're going to talk about this is the framework we have to set the foundation and this is why i'm about to ask you this question pastor vlad if we don't address this question here's what's going to happen you're going to think for the next hour that we stream here that we're talking about some drug addict on the corner we're talking about some Mm. warlock down the street we're talking about some Uh guy at the funeral home that hangs out the graveyard at night and you're going to disconnect i feel the holy ghost tonight you're going to disconnect yourself from the responsibility of deliverance so here's why we have to talk about this because i need you to know tonight this is for you this is not for your neighbor oh honey come in here they're talking about deliverance you need to get delivered no 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 no. we're not talking about your aunt boo boo or your cousin jeffrey we are talking about you tonight you're the one that needs deliverance and breakthrough not your cousin that's on drugs deliverance is for the church and so here's my first question for you pastor vlad Mm -hmm. can a christian Mm -hmm. have a demon let's go for it come on yeah i i say you're on fire man uh, I do believe that a Christian can have a demon, but a demon cannot have a Christian. It's good. Uh, me and my wife has always uh, had people live with us. Even as we speak right now, uh, we have people live with us. Uh, so for the last nine years, I've had people live with us. I've had sometimes four people live with us, three people live with us. And so when people lived with us, what they did is they occupied and had access to wow. our house. They lived in the room. They owned a particular room. They had parts of the house they always had access to, and they had parts they never had access to, which was my bedroom. And I still controlled, I owned that house, and I had the right to kick them out and change the locks. And that's really how a demon can live in a Christian. The Holy Spirit owns the master bedroom called your spirit, but you can still give the access, you can give a room, for example, to fear. You can give room to unforgiveness. You can give room to uh, to yoga. You can give room to zodiac signs. You can also actually put a dream catcher in your car and give a closet to a dream card catcher. Wow. So you can give access to the enemy. He doesn't have necessarily ownership. He just has an access and the enemy will come in whenever he wants to. He won't live because all the tenants I had, they actually didn't live there 24-7. They slept there, but they moved back and forth. And so people who say, well, I have a demon, but sometimes I have a good day. Well, people who have demons, they have good days. It just means Satan cannot do all of his work by himself. So he uses demons. And guess what demons do is they don't torment a person all the time. They torment a person at a particular time, and then they move on to the next person. And then they come back to you because they have the key and they have the open door uh, to your life. And so as a Christian, This shouldn't scare us and this shouldn't put fear into us that a Christian can have a demon. What the good news is, even if you gave access to the devil or your ancestors gave access to the devil, you have something that is greater than the access. It's called authority. Come on. It's called authority. It's the fact that the title deed of your house belongs to the Holy Spirit. And because of that, I had to kick certain renters out from my house. I had to honestly give them eviction, give them a particular amount of days, take the keys away from them, and they never step into the house again. And that's exactly what deliverance is. It's eviction notice. It's when you're telling the devil, listen, you got to go. Why? Because this is not your place. You ruled, you ran into in my life, you know, you ran in my family until you ran into me. And now you got to go. You take the access away because of the authority that you have. So yes, Christian can have a demon, but I believe that a demon does not have a Christian. For example... 
the tenants had access to my house, but the tenants never had my house. My wow. house was mine, but they had the opportunity. They had the access, which I gave them and granted them to live in my house for a particular. In fact, I still have one person and me, and my wife has that live with us that will live with us probably until she gets married. And so it's part of our ministry. We're helping this person out. And so some people honestly will domesticate certain <laughs> demons and they will live with those demons. And they, will give them, they will give them disorder names. They will give them dysfunction names. They will give them names like, oh, it's just my weakness. It's what I struggle with. In reality, it's probably a demon. But because you domesticated it, you can't be delivered from whatever you domesticate. You have to be desperate for deliverance. But a lot of people cannot be desperate because their demons have gotten domesticated. Wow. Wow. So good. And, you know, I will say this. Um, a lot of you in the chat that say, well, my mom or my pastor or so-and-so doesn't believe that a Christian could have a demon. Let me just say this. Stop taking advice from people that have no experience. I don't understand this, Pastor. We take advice and we take wisdom and insight from people that have no experience in deliverance. This is why I believe when Jesus came and started doing deliverances and they said, oh, you're casting out de uh, demons by demons or by the devil. And Jesus said, if I cast out by Beelzebub, this is what he said, then who do you guys do deliverance by? What was Jesus saying? He was being snarky and basically saying, y'all aren't doing nothing. So who do you think uh -huh. you are trying to tell me how to cast out demons when you don't cast out demons? One of the things I found that you've allowed people to talk you out of the fact Christians can be demonized or have a demon is people that have no fruit and don't know the word mm -hmm. of God. And so you start trying to bring them scriptures and they have no clue what you're talking about. And I believe we have to look at when it comes to Christians having demons, one, we know that a person with an experience is never at the person with an argument. So we say this, and I believe this is your theology as well as mine i don't do deliverance mm -hmm. on unbelievers because i know the demons are just going to come right back and i believe yeah. deliverance is for the body of christ 100 but but we have to realize the pattern of scripture bread is, like bread, bread is for the children absolutely and i believe the pattern of scripture is god saying listen this is genesis to revelation although i've given you the land what would he say there's still enemies so in the land i've given yeah. you that you need to fight uh -huh. so yes you've been redeemed yeah. yes you're saved yes god's changed you you're a new creature but there's still enemies uh -huh. in the land that you need to fight and we also you know pastor we need to remind ourselves in this whole argument of can christians have demons we need to remind ourselves that the epistles the new testament was addressed specifically come on y'all this is good preaching not to unbelievers uh -huh. but to christians so the warnings that paul gives are not warnings to unbelievers. They are warnings to Christians. And it's illogical mm -hmm. to claim the promises for ourselves. So here's what we do. We take the New Testament. We take all the promises mm -hmm. and we claim them for ourselves. And then we take all the warnings. Come on, somebody. And we put mm -hmm. them on unbelievers. So same, we keep promises. Same. Unbelievers get all the warnings. That's wrong. The warnings that the mm -hmm. Bible gives us are to the Christians. In other words, in 1 Peter, what is Paul? What is Peter saying? He specifically says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks like a roaring lion looking for somebody not to the world to the church looking for someone to devour resist him steadfast in the faith knowing the same sufferings okay we know the scripture so here's what he's saying be sober and vigilant otherwise if you're not vigilant and sober stay with me guys you will not be able to detect the presence or the activity of demons and the biggest mistake that we could make right now in the body of Christ as believers is to pretend that there's no danger for the believer, is to pretend that the devil's not real. That is why in 1 Timothy 4, Paul tells Timothy, times will come when men will depart from their faith, listen to this guys, and they will give heed 
to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Uh -huh. This is what Paul is saying. Let me translate for some of you that still are like, I don't believe Christians could be demonized. Christians, let me just give it to you plain, Isaiah's New Living Translation, Christians will give into demons. Christians will open uh -huh. doors to demons. Paul was talking about yeah. believers that yield themselves to demons, and in turn, what happens uh -huh. when they yield themselves to demons? Paul tells us, they depart from the faith. That is why Paul says, uh -huh. I fear, in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul tells the church in Corinth, I fear that you'd uh -huh. receive a different spirit other than the spirit I brought you. What spirit did Paul bring? Mm -hmm. I'm glad you guys asked. He brought the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, here's my, my number one fear for you, Church of Corinth, not the world. Come on, y'all. He goes, here's my fear, mm -hmm. that you would receive mm -hmm. a demonic spirit other than the spirit I brought, which is the only Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit. Uh, Mark 139, Jesus starts his ministry in the synagogue, casting out demons. Matthew 16, Jesus said, Peter, Satan, get behind me, which was Satan influencing Peter. John 13, Satan entered Judas. So some of you might say, "Why? Well, how would I, if I have a demon, how come I haven't known for years? Well, because the devil's a pro at hide and seek. Demons are pro, professional, top level, gold medal Olympic athletes at hide and seek, and they're amazing at hiding. But today, we are going to expose the work of the demons. Tonight, as we preach, we're exposing them. This is going to lead me. If you want to say anything else on that, Pastor Vlad, about the Christians having demons before we move on. Uh, I mean, I think that the common scripture that I hear is that light and darkness cannot coexist, mm. and therefore Holy Spirit cannot live within a demon. Uh, first of all, it's misquoted. Uh, the Bible does not say light and darkness cannot coexist. Wow. I'm going to read to you exactly what it says. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It actually doesn't start with deliverance. It starts with dating. Listen wow. again. It doesn't start about deliverance. It talks about dating. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Paul is not saying what cannot happen. He's saying what should not happen. If a Christian tells me that a Christian cannot have a demon, that I will also use the same argument to say that a Christian cannot possibly date an unbeliever, wow. which we know is not true. A lot of Christians date unbelievers. Paul is not saying something that cannot happen. He's saying something that should not happen, meaning Christians should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. He's not saying that's not possible. Because if that would not be possible, why would he waste the ink of telling Christians don't give room to the devil? Mm. And so it's not something that's not possible. It's something that is not preferable. Paul is saying we should not have that, meaning light and darkness should not live together. But it does never, never says that in the Bible that it could not live together. In fact, the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit, but it's in our soul, in our mind, in our emotions and our will, where we experience spiritual warfare, we experience bondage, we experience chains. And so as somebody who comes up to me and says, well, a Christian cannot have a demon. Well, okay, if that is correct, that is a beautiful theory. It's not true, but let's say that's correct. I will also argue with you, a Christian cannot be depressed. Wow. A Christian cannot have fear. A Christian could not struggle with sin. A Christian cannot be addicted to pornography. And if he's addicted, that means he's not a Christian. If he's depressed, he's not a Christian. They're like, no, 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 no. Well, how can Holy Spirit and depression live together? If this logic of light comes in and darkness has to go is true, then if Holy Spirit lives, why didn't the fear go? Why didn't depression go? Wow. Why didn't bitterness go? Why didn't the abuse that happened at the age of seven just vanish when the Holy Spirit came? It didn't. Why? Because it's in the area of your soul and the Holy Spirit comes to live in your spirit and your soul is being saved. It's being sanctified. Wow. The Bible says by one offering, he forever perfected those 
who are being sanctified. Deliverance is part of that sanctification. Inner healing is part of that sanctification. Renewing of the mind is part of that sanctification. And so to say that the moment you got saved, you got everything, this pretty much to throw most of the New Testament out wow. and to deprive believers from the benefit of the precious work of the Holy Spirit in bringing renewing of the mind, healing of their emotions, and delivering them from the spiritual bondages. I love it. And you answered our next question was, how can a demon and the Holy Spirit live in the same person? And you mm. just answered it by saying demons work in the realm of the soul. So that's why people yeah. argue, well, if light dwells in darkness, which you just broke down, I've never heard it broke down like that. I'm going to steal that, by the way, because I love what you said. It wasn't that it can't. It was that yeah. it shouldn't dwell in the same place. Yeah. But people, I think, don't realize that the demons are working in the soulish realm, which we know the soul being yeah. the mind, the will, and the emotion. We know in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, mm -hmm. Paul tells us we're yeah. three parts spirit, soul, and body body so Paul and you know Paul makes it clear in first Corinthians 2 that the natural man or ie the soulish man cannot receive mm -hmm. uh, the things of the Spirit of God yeah. they are foolishness to him and neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned so Paul says listen yeah. you have a soulish man you have a soulish realm mm -hmm. a natural man the mind the will the emotion the soulish areas of you he says and God mm -hmm. is doing spiritual things but your natural soulish man it has such a hard time understanding spiritual principles and supernatural principles principles he says because these must be discerned spiritually now listen if you're in here tonight and you're saying yeah. well this whole soul thing isn't doesn't exist you know it exists and i'll tell you why because before well. you were saved you were led by your soul not your spirit before you received the holy spirit you need to ask yourself what was I led by? What drove me to watch pornography? What drove me to sleep mm. with that girl? What drove me to drink alcohol? What mm. was in the driver's seat? And it was your soul. Your soul mm. ran you. Now, there's times as believers where we still let our soul run us and then we have to stop, repent, yeah. realize, okay, I need to no longer listen to my soul and my flesh. I need to listen mm. to the spirit realm because my soul is still subject to change. We made decisions mm. based out of our soul. We went places based out of our soul. Where our soul wanted to go, we mm. went. Uh, two weeks ago, I did a teaching on the soul has five senses. When you hear a song, your soul will take you back. When you taste something, your soul has taste. Your soul has, we're not going to go into that tonight, but there are senses now. But what you need to understand is now that you're a new creature, as Paul said, okay, you're a new creation, you're no longer, come on, help me preach tonight. You're no longer controlled by your soul. Yeah. This is the yeah. beauty of the gospel is that yeah. you die. You are a new creature in Christ. The old pass away. Behold, all things are new. Mm -hmm. And now I'm driven by godly desires. I'm driven mm -hmm. by the spirit i'm no longer driven yeah. by my desire to sleep around right. i don't make decisions i don't drive in three in the morning to some random girl's house the way i would have before because i'm not driven by lust those spirits mm -hmm in that soulish realm don't drive me and tonight That's god right. is saying it's time to get the demon out of the driver's seat it's time to get uh -huh. the soul out of the driver's seat and let your spirit take control so understand so that good. a lot of demons tonight you guys are battling and you're going to get set free from come on share this we just broke 1200 viewers are demons in your soul and this is where you start okay. realizing oh wait a minute Christians can be demonized because of where demons control. They do not control your Holy Spirit. Your spirit is perfect. They control the realm of the soul. Um, mm -hmm. If you want to add anything to that to pastor, if not, we'll go on to the next one. Um, but you oh, broke no, it down so good. Behind, somebody told me, some, one pastor said one time, he said, behind every tomato, there is a farmer. Wow. <laughs> behind every repeated sin, there's a demon. Wow. You know, and, it's, and it's true. And so a lot of times, and we need that restoration. 
sanctification. Uh, and part of that sanctification is deliverance. So good. And I think what you said earlier is if we were perfect, the moment we received Christ, all the anxiety, all the fear, everything's gone. All the verses in the New Testament where it talks about renewing your mind, it talks about working yeah. out. It's the same thing when we talk about, which we won't tonight. Okay, some of y'all are already scared. We don't want to scare you more about working out your yeah. salvation or can you lose it? People say, well, there's no way. Mm -hmm. Well, then why is Paul saying to work it out? If there's nothing, if it's mm -hmm. just we're saved mm -hmm. forever, we could go live how we want. Yeah. That what's the working out yeah. for? So we have to look at these verses and realize these are to the church. Now, I want to go into our next question. If you have a demon, now I've gotten this tons of times. If you have a demon, does that mean that you don't go to heaven? Come on now, talk about it. I don't, uh, well, we, we, we don't go to heaven because we are completely perfect in our soul. We are being, I like to say like this, I am perfect, but I'm also being perfected. Mm. And part of that being perfected is that my mind is being renewed, bondages are being broken. So we're going to heaven because we are children of God and Come because on. the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so if the Holy Spirit lives in you and you're a child of God and you're born again, you're going to heaven. In fact, the, your, the heaven already, part of heaven already lives in you. The Holy Spirit is like the earnest money. He's the deposit. And so you're not going to heaven because you overcame depression. You don't go to heaven as a reward for beating something or experiencing deliverance. And so, but at the same wow. time, it's possible to die and still have certain battles that were not won in our life. And the worst part about it is not that you still you don't go to heaven. The worst part is that if you don't win those battles, you pass them on to your children. Wow. Those battles don't disappear. Battles and victories are like inheritance. You don't die with it. You always pass it on to the next generation. For example, when uh, Saul did not kill Amalekites, they didn't disappear. Wow. They were on to the next generation. And that's why you see hundreds of years later, the descendants of Kish, Mordecai and Esther, were confronted with the enemies that their ancestor passed on to them. And instead of passing on victories, they saw wow. passed on battles. And so, yes, you can go to heaven if you are struggling and you don't get victory. But at the same time, you must understand is that you want to pass a next generation, a new dimension and level of victory instead of new dimension of battle and bondage. And Esther and Mordecai, they did not pass to a next generation Amalekites. After Esther and, and Mordecai, there was no more Amalekites. They passed on a feast, a holiday. And so you want to pass on to your next generation healing and breakthrough and, and revival and a good family instead of passing on divorce and, you know, chronic sicknesses wow. and, and phobias and all kinds of addictions. And so now another thing that a lot of people, they look to death for deliverance. Wow. For example, they, they wait when they die and they're like, when will I be dead? You know, then a depression is going to be gone. And that's where the suicide comes in, where one of the, there's many reasons why suicide is wrong. But one of them is that suicide looks to death for deliverance. Wow. Christians look to Jesus for deliverance. So you don't want to end the suffering by ending your life. You want to end the suffering by ending the devil's grip over your life. And so Christianity is seeing Jesus as my deliverer. I don't need to die to be delivered. My deliverance is in the blood. My deliverance is in his death. And therefore my death is not necessary. Meaning killing myself, ending my own life to end the suffering and to end the voices and all of this stuff. Deliverance is the key, not death. Wow, that's so good. I love what you said about that. And you know, I, I think that people, when when people die, they don't realize, as you said, the assignment will 
oftentimes get passed on to their kid or the demons mm -hmm. will leave and seek another body so you hear a lot of people say that's well right. at the graveyard there was a lot of demons when i went or i saw ghosts well that's because yeah. people are dead demons dwell around dead things they hang out in dead places as the man at the tombs was hanging around around dead people but mm -hmm. demons oftentimes dwell at graveyards because they have just left a body and they're looking for a new yeah. body and a lot of people don't see this in the church they don't realize demons crave a body demons want to live in somebody right. demons can't sin or make you sin unless they're in you so they crave a mouth right. to drink through they crave ears to listen to ungodly things through they crave a body to sexually sin through and so when you give access and, to and demonic powers go ahead go ahead yeah. because because they're illegal on the earth but god does not allow anybody the spirits are not allowed to move on the earth without the body the holy spirit wow. cannot do anything without your body jesus didn't do anything as god he had to be clothed in the body because God gave this earth to man. And so we must understand is the demons cannot walk around and do destruction. What is all the evil happening? How does the Come evil on. happen through the, in the world? Through somebody's body. And wow. so as a Christian, you must understand is the Holy Spirit needs your body and demons also need their body, need somebody's body to do their evil works. That's why when somebody dies, they look for the nearest of kin to possess usually the nearest of kin of the person they just left. And that's why a lot of times, the children, for example, the mom died and they say, since my mom died, Come I've on. been depressed. Come on. Why? Because the nearest of kin, the demons during the death, they pass on to the nearest of kin or just for anybody who is honestly susceptible because they need to continue their legacy. Demons don't die. You can put a criminal in prison. You can't put a demon in prison. You can electrocute a criminal. You don't electrocute demons because the physical war removes evil people out of this world. For example, you go and you wipe out the evil people. The problem is you didn't wipe the evil. Evil, evil wow. continues on because only spiritual warfare, only deliverance on. and the blood and the word of God removes the evil out of people. That is so good, man. You, I'm listen, guys. I'm gonna rewatch this stream and take notes my second time around because this stuff is mind blowing. I'm getting rocked right now. I'm gonna put this up, guys. I'll leave these giving links up for a minute because you guys keep asking in the chat where are the links, where are the links. They're right there on the screen. Let me ask you this: Is a demon behind suicidal thoughts or voices? What do you think about that? I do believe that uh, suicidal tendencies and uh, intrusive thoughts especially are demonically originated. The Bible says, John chapter 10, verse 10, for I came to give life and more abundantly, but a thief come to steal, to steal, kill and destroy. And so Satan is the author of death. Many times behind a suicidal tendencies, suicidal attempts is a spirit of death. And this spirit of death, it puts those thoughts in there. And the person adopts those thoughts and begin to make them their own. This is the biggest trick mm. of the devil is to make his voice sound like your thoughts. Come on. And it always sounds like that. The same way God's voice will sound like your thoughts. A lot of times God's voice and your voice will sound the same. And that's why people don't discern between God's voice because it will sound like your voice. Same thing with the demon. And so you must understand anything that is afraid, anything that hates life, anything that runs from life, you can right away know it's not from you because naturally you were created for life. And it's not from Jesus because Jesus is not into that. It is from demons. And so a lot of times people who specially attempted, who constantly think of suicide, no matter how your life is, you need deliverance. You need somebody to pray for you and remove that spirit. You need to either receive self-deliverance or have somebody pray for you so you can receive deliverance and so you can have a desire to live and a desire 
to um to live and i think a lot of people exactly what you said they don't realize the voice is a demonic voice i was counseling one guy mm -hmm. i want to kill myself i want to take my life i keep hearing this voice and i think it's me i kept telling him, you have to understand that is a demonic voice the devil comes to take life jesus says i come to give life i mean you think about cool. the devil comes to still kill and destroy i come to give life and life more abundantly i could remember guys about a, a couple months before i got saved i can't remember the exact day but i want to say it was two months before i got saved i had never been suicidal i'd never been i didn't really deal with you know crazy depression but at the same time i was never suicidal and i'll never forget i was at a party i was actually at a wedding and i was staying over the night at a hotel and i'd been drunk that night and i'll never forget this pastor vlad i remember guys i was not suicidal at all i had zero desire to kill myself i got raised in a church you know if you kill yourself you go to hell that's what i was taught my whole life i had zero desire to kill myself Mm -hmm. I was laying in bed. Mm -hmm. It was like two in the morning. I was obviously intoxicated. And I'm telling you, this voice over and over told me to jump off the balcony. I was 13 stories up. That's jump crazy. off the balcony. Jump off the balcony. And I'll never forget this, Pastor Vlad. Remember, never suicidal mm -hmm. my life. Getting up mm -hmm. off the bed, walking over. This is how intense it was. Walking over to the That's balcony crazy. and having this overwhelming desire to do it knowing I had no desire to kill myself. I didn't want to take my life, but just showing how strong those demons are. Well, at the same time, there's a voice literally telling me to jump off the balcony. Like I'm talking, giving me desires. Another voice, I'll never forget this. I get chills talking about this. I know you guys are saying I'm getting chills in the chat. I get chills talking about this. Another voice saying, go lay down, go lay down. Go lay down. And, and that voice started getting stronger and stronger. Now, why did that uh -huh. voice show up? Well, I believe it was because I had cousins, I had parents, I had aunts, I had uncles, I had brothers and sisters praying for me. And that was literally divine intervention, people standing in the gap. So what you guys don't realize, and I feel the Holy Ghost right now, is you don't realize uh -huh. your prayers might be keeping somebody alive. Your prayers uh -huh. might be literally sustaining somebody's life until they get saved. I, I have family right now that are listening right now as I speak, Pastor Vlad, that 150% should have been dead 10, more, 10 times over again and are only alive and saved because of intense prayers and intercession. And I hear the Lord saying, it is time for somebody to pray somebody out and pray somebody come into on, deliverance. It's time for somebody to come stand on, in the gap. You might get in your room That's and right. say, oh, I'm, right. you know, I'm just gonna pray for 10 minutes. Here's what you don't understand. Your 10 minute prayer for your children, for your, your daughter that's out there on the street or your, on, your, your friend that's out mm -hmm. on the army, your 10 minute prayer could be the difference between life and death for somebody. And I'm 100% convinced, so I can name five stories where I should be dead. I'm 100% convinced the only reason why I'm live streaming right now, whatever day it is, is because somebody prayed there is power in prayer and we need to understand that mm -hmm. the only way to get people free and to get the voice of God mm -hmm. to be louder is through the place of prayer and recognizing. Mm -hmm. And if you begin to recognize, oh, no, 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 I know this voice. This is not the voice of God. You'll be able to resist the devil. You can't resist the devil if you don't mm -hmm. know it's the devil. And so you no. have to recognize the voice of the enemy. This is why we teach on this and realize that voice telling me to watch that movie, telling me to watch pornography, telling me to cheat on this, telling no. me to go here is the voice no. of the enemy and Satan, I resist yeah, you. Yeah. Use the word of God to fight wow. him and you'll overcome. That's okay, right. let's go you into know, our next. You know, go, go ahead. Isaiah, you know, uh, the suicide in the New Testament was committed by one of his disciples, one of mm. Jesus' disciples. And if you remember that night that he committed suicide, the Bible says is that first Satan brought into the heart of Judas. Wow. I'm pretty sure Judas did not think it was Satan. He adopted that thought as his own and he cultivated that thought. Judas was not the only one who had stuff thrown into him. And so, but Judas accepted that. He cooked that inside until one day the Bible says that Satan entered into Judas. And this is the crazy part, right? During Holy Communion. 
He didn't enter him when he was practicing witchcraft. He didn't enter him when he was talking to the dead. He was taking communion. And demon entered him. And so, no, not through communion. It was what was happening already in his life. He opened the door to demons. And next thing that happens, the Bible says, and Judas went and it was dark. It was night. He betrays Jesus. And you look at the difference between a demon-possessed person or demonized person and a person who got honestly tempted. The moment he commits a sin, he throws the remorse, you know, he apologizes for it, but he's not freed. And after that, instead of finding repentance, he goes and he hangs himself. The same demon that pushed Judas to betray Jesus was the same demon that pushed Judas to hang himself. Wow. And it was really caused by the enemy. And so I really just feel like somebody is watching right now or re-watching this, that you have a demon that is speaking to you at night, showing up to you at night and whispering to you and is really cooking up a conspiracy theory, a fake story about your life. He is whispering to you lies. He's whispering to you things that are completely fabricated. His goal is to wipe you out. He wants to take you out and you have allowed those thoughts to sip in. You didn't resist those thoughts. You allowed them to come in and now those thoughts are no longer coming from the outside in as they used to. They come from the inside out. Now they own you. Now these thoughts, they control you. They speak to you automatically. You don't even think it. It's like a default automatic thing. And it's a matter of time. In fact, there's people that are watching right now. You already attempted. Somebody interrupted your suicide attempt. And right now, God is interrupting your life and interrupting this live stream. And he wants to bring you freedom right there where you are sitting. Right there, some of you, you have it on your TV and you're actually on your TikTok scrolling as you're listening to one ear. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring deliverance right now. Not at the end of the stream, right now from the spirit of suicide. If you have that spirit, if you're battling with that, if you're saying, hey, this is me. I want you to right now become vulnerable. Just type it in the chat and say, hey, I need prayer for this. And in just a second, I'm going to pray for you. So let me know. Say, hey, I need prayer for this. I need need you guys to agree with me. I want to be free from this. I'm sick and tired because if you want to be delivered, you have to give up your dignity. Come on. You got to stop playing cute. You got to stop playing religious. You stop. You got to stop pretending to be one thing while you're bleeding on the inside. You got to come real. You got to be like that woman who was willing to be called a dog, who was willing to eat from the floor. And she's like, I just need to be delivered. I don't have time to be look, look uh, cute and to look this and that. I just need to be delivered. If you're too dignified, you can't receive deliverance. So if you're watching right now and you are battling with the spirit of suicide, Place your hand up on yourself, whatever you're watching yeah, right there's now. There's countless people that are saying, I need this. Countless people. It's, I mean, it's going so quick to That's even That's worthy. I see people are saying that. Countless. Uh, I, need, I need prayer for this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come, I come in agreement right now with Isaiah. And we come right now against every spirit of death and every spirit of suicide. In the name of Jesus Christ, you wicked criminal demon. You are illegal in their body. You have no right in their body. They were bought with the blood of Jesus. God has a plan and a purpose for their life. Suicide doesn't solve anything. It only complicates everything. Mm -hmm. You lied to them. You tricked them. You told them everything that is not true about their self-esteem, about their image, about what people think about them and what people did to them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you foul, wicked, unclean devil to get out right now in the name of Jesus. Leave that person in Jesus' mighty name. Leave their mind, leave their sleep, leave their thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you right now to come out in Jesus' mighty name. Come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose that person right now in the name of Jesus Christ. 
you wicked devil loose that person right now in the name of Jesus Christ loose that young lady loose that young man right now loose that mother in Jesus mighty name I break those lies off of your mind right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ let every chain of suicide be disconnected from you right now in Jesus mighty name for those of you who are watching some of you is gonna you, you're gonna start coughing right now some of you will start throwing up mm. you will actually go to the bathroom you can just comment below something is happening to you comment below what is happening some of you will feel heat going through your body it's the anointing of the holy spirit that is breaking yoke it's not about the volume it's not about the scream and it's not about me or isaiah being in your room jesus spoke the word and the girl was Come delivered on. at a distance there is deliverance at a distance that is happening right now and some of you you're gonna yawn it out some of you are gonna cry right now you're just gonna break for no reason you're gonna start crying and it's through the tears the deliverance will happen just to receive that receive that right now you will sleep like a baby tonight and those thoughts you will still be tempted but they're no longer going to be intrusive they're going to be like a thief coming from the outside instead of a tenant living on the inside in jesus name thank you lord many My people God. in the chat are saying i feel breakthrough i feel it i'm crying i feel it thank you lord hallelujah 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 thank you jesus amen guys if your volume one person said their volume went out just reload the stream it's there it's it's running fine thank you lord i want to go into wow thank you jesus i want to go into the next question here to talk briefly here and guys we already knew we're gonna have to do a part two because we already knew we were gonna get through all these we have like we have like uh probably 20 more but we're gonna get through what we can and then at some point i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot here have to bring you back for a part two and so you just have to come back because i'm putting you on the spot here but we'll have to do a part two um, but I want to ask time. you about spiritual spouses. What is now? Some people have heard this term. Some people have not heard this term. But just let's mm -hmm. talk about spiritual spouses. So a spiritual husband or a spiritual wife. It's more predominant, especially like if uh, you see deliverances or you go to uh, overseas. This yep. this happens a lot overseas. But it also happens in the United States. And a spiritual spouse or a spiritual husband or wife is. Uh, when a demon attacks through the dream, imagining a sexual relations with the person, a lot of times what happens is the demons get so ingrained, ingrained in the person's subconscious that they actually have a spiritual spouse and they would have children in a spiritual realm. But in reality, this spouse is not their spouse. Is they're married to a demon. Mm. How that happens, what the consequences of that is that, well, the symptoms of that is this, is there's a repeated sexual dreams that a person has and in the dream they have a sex with the person in reality they don't have a sex with the person they have a sex with the demon and when they wake up from that dream they typically have a huge problem connecting sexually to their spouse mm. and they usually don't have children they cannot wow. have children in the physical if they have children in the spiritual with the demon and so a lot of times there's constant fights there's constant uh things i mean i've seen we prayed for a lady where a husband testified where somebody was raping her during the night in the sleep and he woke up he was waking her up he couldn't wake her up and turns out it was a it was a spiritual husband he saw his wife moaning and groaning and all of the stuff like somebody was raping her and so when we started to you know pray for her of course you know that uh, jealous and my god that demon was so jealous over her he was obsessed with her wow. and then you know when i would ask who is that man you know the demon says i don't know that man that man you know he's nobody and then the demon was cast out then the woman you know i asked the woman said who is this man oh he's my husband i love him and everything and then they would go home and nine months later she was pregnant and so a lot of times even if you are single and you're experiencing constant sexual dreams i have a girl on our team 
that we we did deliverance on and um she came in and she was engaged to one of one of my friends and she came into the service we start praying and she you know comes from more of a traditional family we start praying and there was a there was this kind of a demon that was tormenting her in the sexual sleeps a sexual sleep and the crazy part is that every relationship she was involved in, it was always broken and so it was this demon that was causing that and this relationship she was in she she almost lost that relationship they were already engaged and everything almost fell apart and the moment she got delivered um, everything was restored and now she has two children she's married and her life is totally changed so I've seen people's lives be changed especially in relationships when people were delivered from a, a, what we call a spiritual spouse. It's pretty much a demon that takes a person of the opposite sex or same sex and sleeps with you at night through sexual dreams. You wake up with wet dreams. I'm not talking about that if it happened once or or something that you just got attacked because it's there's a difference between being controlled and being attacked mm. where it's attacked it just happens you know the enemy came and he kind of stepped in onto your territory you get up and you rebuked it but if it happens on a constant regular basis it's not just an attack now it becomes an addiction it becomes a demonic stronghold that it needs to be broken you know i was reading one uh pastor who's a deliverance pastor was saying the biggest issue about spiritual spouses which listen there's some of you in the chat like where is this in the bible where like someone just asked right now if you go to genesis you'll see where they were having sex with demons we're not going to go into detail on that for the sake of time but yeah. you can find it in the book of genesis and you'll you'll see exactly what we're preaching on talking about but here's also what you guys have to remember we didn't talk about this every time i do deliverance i always open with this all of God is in the Bible. I'm sorry, all of the Bible is in God, but not all of God is in the Bible. Here's what you guys need to realize. What did John say? John said if everything Jesus did was written down, what would happen? It would take up the mm -hmm. whole world. So for instance, one guy has dealt with over 10,000 deliverances and he wrote an encyclopedia of over 10,000 demons he's encountered. Are, is there yeah. 10,000 demon names in the Bible? No, because not all that Jesus did or all that's in the spiritual is in the Bible. Just yeah. like there's no pastors. Like, let me just say this to freak some of you all out. There's no pastors in the New Testament that have a local congregation by name. There's only one evangelist in the New Testament whose name was Philip. So we could go into like, where's that in the Bible? And here's what you also have to realize. The apostles didn't have the Bible. The Bible was written. The gospels are written yeah. 30 to 50 years after Jesus left. So they weren't like, yeah. well, where's and, that and in the if, Bible? And if I can, if yeah, I can add, if I can add that, is that demon names in the Bible usually are named based on the function that they have. Yep. And so you must understand is that demons have functions and they deprive their names from their functions. For example, mm -hmm. spirit of infirmity. It, it's never mentioned in the Old Testament. Um, you know, mute and dumb spirit. It's never mentioned in the Old Testament. And so what did that is the function that that demon had in that person's life. That's where the demon got the name. So same thing with the spiritual spouse is when, you know, a demon causes this kind of a suffering and this kind of a torment. That's where that name comes from. So demons activities are, are, are I mean, there's so many. And so that's where all of that stuff is coming from. Yes, absolutely. So that's what you guys have to realize when you're saying, well, this, this, and you have to understand we're talking about experience. When somebody's laying there in deliverance and their spiritual spouse is speaking out of them saying, I married them in the spirit going on. You can't stop and say, well, I need a verse for that. When that person's literally being tormented by that demon. And as you know, if you go to other countries like Africa, where this is very prevalent, they're not going to argue this. The reason why we argue this in America is because we're not spiritual Christians. We're not spiritual believers. You know, one, I think one major issue people have with spiritual husbands, spiritual spouse is, is the, the demons literally, I don't know how to say this because I got to be careful what I say here, they take the sexual desires 
or the sexual um, drive from the person's partner. Uh, so for instance, that's right. yeah. guys will say, yeah. my wife doesn't want to have sex with me. I don't know why. And the wife will say, I don't know why I keep having sexual dreams and I have no desire to have sex anymore because the demons mm -hmm. are taking what was supposed to be 100%. for the husband. They rob 100%. the husband from the sexual yeah. connection or vice versa. And we, we can go a lot yeah. about the Bible when it talks about depriving or, your husband or, or wife. Or even, or another thing that it does is that, and if you are single, it gives you an intense sexual desire yep, yep. for uh, uh so pretty much because devil is not after sex devil is after perversion if you're single he pushes you into sex if you're yep. married he takes you out of sex Come so on. he's not for you to have sex he's, he's about you to live in compromise and so a lot of times those people they sleep with anything that moves who have that evil spirit and the moment they get married they can't sleep with their spouse mm. that's that's okay so here's what i want to do i'm going to go through I know we're almost, we're about 50 minutes in here. I'm going to do, a, I'm going to do like three or four more that we can kind of expound on. And then we guys will do, at some point we'll do a part two, maybe in two to three weeks. Um, Cause we have already a next week one, but we'll do a part two here. Cause this is too good. And I have so much, I don't even want to tell you guys the questions I have here because they're too good. And you're going to get all mad and be like, let's just go three hours. But literally we'd go three hours if we finish all these. So um, let's do a couple more here. Let's talk about curses. Okay. Biblical curses. This is not talked about much. Um, what is a curse? Let, let's break down the curses here a little bit so a curse is a dark shadow that from the past that is affecting our daily life it's like a chain that holds us back from going where we're supposed to be now we must understand that because of the original sin of disobedience we live today in a cursed world uh, curses are everywhere and the bible says that these curses will land on the person you know curses are like birds they, they fly but they will only land on the person you know who deserves them wow. we must understand is when adam committed sin god did not told adam when he came you know to confront him that he's going to go to hell in fact i don't see a mention of hell at all i don't see adam's name being wiped out from the book of life what did come because of sin is we know he was separated from God through death. He was removed from paradise. But one thing that came is a curse. Mm. God cursed the ground. God cursed the snake. We see that the childbearing was cursed. And from that point on, you see the Bible divided into two categories. Cursed people and blessed people. If you would look mm. at the Old Testament and you see that, uh, like for example, obedience to the commandments. You don't see God saying, if you obey my commandments, you'll go to heaven. He never says that. Wow. He says, if you obey my commandments, what? I will bless you. And he says, if you disobey my commandments, you don't see in the Bible. God says, disobey my commandments in the Old Testament and you'll go to hell. God never said that. He said, disobey my commandments. And what are you going to do? You're going to live in the curse. And so blessing and curses are the two things that we see in the Bible. Now, we must understand it's not the same as heaven and hell. Come on. A lot of people think it's heaven and hell. It's not a heaven and hell issue. This is an earth issue on earth. Your obedience to God's word, obeying your father and your mother brings a blessing. Your disobedience to God's word, it doesn't matter if you speak in tongues 300 miles per hour and you have a fish sticker on your bumper and you voted for Trump last time and you're planning to vote for him again. It does not matter. You will live in a cursed life. Oh, but Jesus came and there is no more curses. Are you kidding me? Come on. So there, that means there's no more blessings? Come on. Are there still blessings since Jesus come? Of course there's blessings. Jesus took five loaves and two fish and he blessed them. If there are blessings, there are curses. Jesus, he cursed the fig tree. New Testament, what happened to the fig tree? Big became small. Big became withered. So in the short definition, what is a curse? Curse, anything big that curse touches, it withers.
anything small that blessing touches, it multiplies. Wow. So curses wither, blessings multiply. It still exists in the New, in New Testament. It's an eternal law that exists in the spiritual world. That's why people who are not even Christians can live a blessed Come life. On, say it. Because they follow the principles of blessing. It's a spiritual cloud, spiritual wind behind you. Kind of like, like this thing that pushes you toward it. It could be good or it could be bad. It could be blessing or it could be curses. And so in the Bible, we see that all throughout the Bible, the principle of curses and the principle of blessings. God says to Abraham that those people that bless you, they will be blessed. Those who curse you, they will be cursed. And we see that throughout. And so there's many, for example, there's three main types of curses. Generational curses, the most dominant one. Mm. It's the it's the things that get uh, passed on from generation to generation. And before some of you are like, oh my gosh, this is not in the Bible and Jesus came and you <laughs> know, we're all blessed and everything. Um, hold on. You believe in curses. You know how I know that? Because when you go to the doctor and the doctor asks you, does cancer run in your family? You're like, doctor, I'm Come a on. Christian. Come on, we don't believe in this stuff. No, faithfully, you click off. Nope, auntie didn't have it. No, uncle didn't have it. No, grandpa didn't have it. So you believe in generational Come things. On. You do. Your doctor believes in that. Science believes in that. There are things that are passed on from generation to generation. Even statistics says if your father was alcoholic, you are Say 10 it. times more likely to be an alcoholic. Now, you're not responsible for what's passed on to you. You are responsible for what you activate. Say it. In fact, they even found genes that are passed on from our family that lay dormant. But through experiences, yep. through choices and environments, these Door, these genes get activated and so that's really how those curses work generational curses the second type of curses is earned curses it's when you step on the devil's territory when you means pick those curses up when you earn those curses when you invite those curses by for example uh, things like disrespecting your parents things like um, hurting the weak people things like committing an abortion things like uh, practicing witchcraft or going to idolatry things like bringing uh, voodoo, voodoo dolls into your house, uh, things like, for example, stealing or things like withholding your tithe. Now, you're not going to lose salvation. You're just going to lose a blessing. That's all. You're going to be saved but cursed, going to heaven but living in hell while you're here. And so the, these earned curses, we earn them. And then the last type of curses is spoken curses or um, verbal curse, curses. And mm. these are when people pronounce curses over you or when you pronounce curse over yourself on constant basis, because curses are activated through our mouth many times. Wow, that's so good. So um, what I always like to say is blessings come when you obey God, curses come when you mm -hmm. disobey God. And I want to give this quickly, so guys. Um, we're going to talk about sources and open doors for curses. I'm going to speed read. I have a list of biblical curses. Some of you are asking for this. Um, and I'm going to speed read these. Nice. Don't worry about writing them down. Don't worry about giving references. I'm just going to show you biblically there are curses, like he just said, earn curses that come from certain actions. So you could literally look at these and say, oh, wait a minute. I've had these in my life. And then you could connect them and wonder why the curses are there. And by the way, we're going to pray prayers at the end of this coming up soon here to break curses off of our life. Yes, absolutely. You can break curses off your yeah. life. And one of the major ways right. you break curses is by being obedient to God's word. But we're going to pray so prayers good. of breaking curses. And then we're going to talk about here something in a second. Um, and then I got, I want to talk about yoga here before we end. And then I'm going to give you guys a little teaser of like 10 to 15 other 
other questions that we'll go into the next time we do a part two of this because this is just too good we have to do a part two it's just too good okay so let me give you 37 biblical curses we're going to speed read isaiah saldivar edition and then i'm going to give you all the verses you can come watch them later or whatever it doesn't matter to give you some verses okay so if you've done any of these these are earned curses so idolatry which is exodus 20 incest with a sister a mother-in-law or a father's wife is deuteronomy 27 Mm -hmm. adultery is leviticus 20 numbers 5 deuteronomy 22 and job 24 cruelty to Mm -hmm. handicapped people is deuteronomy Uh 27 oppressing those who are defensive defenseless is deuteronomy 27 19 fornication is Uh deuteronomy 22 21 dishonoring your parents come on where are you kids at tonight some of you are looking at your kids right now is actually opens doors for curses is deuteronomy 27 16 sexual relations with any animal is deuteronomy 27 21 defrauding your neighbor is deuteronomy 27 17 homosexual relationships this is in your bible is deuteronomy um i'm sorry is genesis 19 1 through 25 and leviticus 20 sexual intercourse during menstruation is leviticus 20 marrying a woman and her mother leviticus 20 rape is deuteronomy 22 children conceived out of wedlock is deuteronomy 23 um having accursed objects in your possession any occult practices which would be divination sorcery witchcraft consulting mediums consulting the dead ouija board i can go on is leviticus 20 deuteronomy 18 murder is deuteronomy 20 i'm sorry deuteronomy 11 28 and 27 verse 24 murder for hire including listen to this those who are performing abortions is a curse which you wonder why america is dealing with a curse right now is deuteronomy 27 25 forsaking the lord deuteronomy 28 not serving the lord joyfully or gladly in times of prosperity come on somebody is deuteronomy 28 not reverencing the lord deuteronomy 28 presumption and thought and disregarding the word of god following your own way deuteronomy 29 19 cursing or mistreating abraham's seed the bible says is genesis 12 refusing to help in the lord's warfare oh come on somebody refusing to help uh, in the lord's warfare you yeah, get a curse yeah. is in judges 5 23 and jeremiah 48 10 failure to give god glory is malachi 2 robbing god of his tithe and offering is haggai chapter 1 neglecting the work of the lord is jeremiah 48 enticing others to follow false religions is deuteronomy 13 take away or adding the word of god is revelation 22 18 teaching rebellion against the word is jeremiah 28 refusing to warn those in sin is ezekiel 3 where he talks about the watchman defiling the sabbath is ex Exodus 31, perverting the gospels, Galatians 1. This is all New Testament curses, by the way. Cursing a ruler is Exodus 22, 1 Kings 2. Refusal to forgive others after you've already asked God to forgive you is a curse, Matthew 18. Child sacrifice, such as abortion, is Leviticus 18, Deuteronomy 18. Disobedience against any of the Lord's commands, Deuteronomy 11, 27. Okay, now some of you say, Isaiah, a lot of those were law. Here's what you need to understand. Jesus did not come from the words of Jesus to destroy the law but he came to fulfill the law so jesus said i'm going to broaden it and make it spiritual not just physical remember the law was only physical in the old covenant jesus said i'm going to make the law not just physical but i'm going to make it spiritual and that's why jesus says about adultery murder and anger in matthew 5 if you want to read about this go to matthew 5. Um, basically jesus said well the law condemns adultery I say, if you even look upon a woman lust, you've committed adultery. So he expands the, mm-hmm. the law. Um, the law says don't murder. Jesus says, I don't say don't murder. I say not only don't murder, but don't be angry because anger is the seed of murder. So remember, Jesus yeah. did not destroy the law. He brought in the scope of the law. So you have to understand that the law is still relevant. It's still prevalent. God is not. Some people think God was like schizophrenic in the Old Testament, and then he got like settled down in the New Testament. The Old mm-hmm. Testament and the New Testament are both God. It's the same God yesterday today and forever so you need to understand these curses are biblical and you know pastor 
I want to say this before our next question. There's people listening right now that are living under a curse and they don't realize it. I, I've seen one very, very common curse is women have curses on their wombs and they say, man, I can't conceive or I'm having pain or I'm having tumors or I'm mm-hmm. having this. Mm-hmm. And we break those curses off their womb. And I've seen mm-hmm. time and time again, women being able to have kids specifically now i know there's a thousand other health issues that could prevent you from having kids me and my wife had an mm-hmm. extremely hard time having kids our second kid the doctor say you shouldn't be able to have kids but i'm talking about specifically mm-hmm. people that have curses yeah, and, on and their the, womb the, there are mainly made a few sciences the chronic diseases like you just mentioned mm. phobias and fears premature death loneliness and divorce and infertility poverty and lack and being accident prone come on and cycles of limitations and misfortunes and if you look at abraham his life was the opposite Mm. for example he was a man of faith he was very healthy and we know that uh, he did not die early Uh, we know that you know there was barrenness that was broken he was prosperous we know that he didn't have accident prone on the opposite he had constantly like good luck if you could use that with terminology like good things happening to him all the time and he didn't live in cycles of limitation and, and, and misfortune. And we have the blessing of Abraham, but the same way as we have the promised land. But we have to go and drive out all of the Philistines and Amalekites and all other ites from that blessing and occupy it fully because we have it. Now we have to possess it. So good. And so I want to go into here and talk to you about yoga. Yoga is a big issue. We've been, we've, I've had people asking me probably the last five streams we did on deliverance, please talk about yoga. We never had the time to get into it. I know there's people right now cause they're arguing up in the chats. Okay. One person said that they, God brought him out of it. They were actually practicing for 18 years. I see your comment, Christina. Um, she's talks about forms of meditation, how a Satanist wrote a book about uh-huh. it. And it's not just an exercise. And I agree with you, Christina. I'm, I'm glad you wrote that down. So talk to me and then I'll, I'll share too about this, the, the dangers of, in um engaging in yoga so i'm going to first mention about the the eastern meditations and the biblical meditation then i'm going to tie it into yoga so first of all we have to understand is the bible talks about more about meditation than we do Mm. bible talks about meditation at least 23 times and 19 out of them appear in psalms david talked about meditation i think that we need to bring meditation back because it's a christian christian practice it's not a practice of the middle eastern religions it's a christian practice the difference between Eastern meditation and Christian meditation is few differences. One is the Eastern demonic meditation is it empties your mind. Christian meditation fills your mind. Mm. So that's the first difference. One empties, one fills your mind. Eastern meditation is about detachment from reality, from life, from pleasures, from materialism. Christian meditation is attachment to the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's not trying to detach. It's actually trying to attach. It's a world of difference. The Eastern meditation is passive. Christian meditation is aggressive. Come For example, on. think on these things. Meditate. You Almost like it's a forceful thing. This is not much relaxing. It's, it's a warfare. Meditation is a warfare because it's aggressive. It's not passive. Christian meditation is spirit-filled and Eastern meditation is demonic in every shape and form. Now, when it comes to yoga, yoga in... Asian language of Hinduism means union yep. with God, with, with a small g. Its purpose is to bend the body into many forms to master the mind and soul of the practitioner. Quite literally, yoga's goal is to tune the body to the universal mind and therefore achieve God consciousness and attain oneness with the universe. 
At least that's what they've been doing for thousands of years in India, regardless of whatever some of the Christian ignorant people think Come in on. America. And they rebrand it with holy yoga, hot yoga and everything. And so with with us, I really believe that it's demonic. And if you sign up for a yoga class, you're signing up for a demon class. That's just my stand on it. And um, I think it's to those of you who are like, well, I'm just not sure, but I'm doing stretches. There's so many other stretches that you can do. For me, if it's in doubt, you throw it out. But this is not an area like that's that. in doubt. This is an area that is really soaked with a lot of that new age. And it's creeping into the Christianity. It's creeping into the Western. You know, our problem is not worshiping Buddha. Our problem in here in America, it's, it's really new age. And yep. yoga is part of that new age Christianity, which really what they call themselves now, you know, and so and I think we have to separate that and go into uh, stay away from that stuff. And honestly, anything for me, when I see Christians and they play games or they um, with especially with demonic, I'm thinking I'm like, you guys have no idea. Yep. I don't know if it's because maybe I've seen the dangers yep. of people's lives and through deliverance, I've seen what the demons can do. Like for me, even if it's not going to cause demons, the fact, the kind of world that yoga is around, I'm going to stay three miles yep. away from it. There's so many exercises you can do to uh, avoid that kind of a thing and stuff. So I would really encourage those of you who are fighting for yoga as for your lost brother, really examine your motives. What is in it? Are you are you that defensive about Jesus as wow. you are so defensive about say yoga? It. Say it. Because I see some comments right now. Some people, it's almost like I just attacked your yep. mother. Yep, yep. Nobody attacked your mother. We just pinched something that as there is a type of witchcraft and sorcery, this new age crap that's slipping into yep. Christianity. Even about go to Barnes and Nobles, Course in Miracles, on Angels. And meditation and emptying your mind, all of this stuff, it's not scriptural. My friend, I understand you might be hungry for supernatural. You know, when my dog is thirsty, he goes straight into the toilet and drinks water from the toilet. He doesn't differentiate water from a toilet and water from the bowl. Now, can I tell you something? If I present you water from a toilet and the clean water, you won't see the difference. The moment I mention this is from the toilet, you're not going to say, well... Not, I don't see anything on, wrong with it. Come on, you're gonna say, Okay, I'll never touch it, even if I lie to you, you won't touch it. And now we're telling you, people who cast out demons, people who study this stuff, they're saying this is toilet, but you're like, But it looks clean, okay? If it looks clean, why don't you go ahead and drink today a cup of water from your toilet just because it looks come clean? On. Why don't you do that? You would never do that to your body, why would you do that to your soul? Your analogies, bro, are the best. You have the best. You need to write a book on analogies because you literally have the best analogies. I was thinking about, you know, as you said, yoga means union. Why would you want to have a union or attach yourself, what they call the Brahmin, or any other God besides having union with the Holy Spirit? And some of you, listen, you have no union with the Holy Spirit, and now you're over here trying to defend. I, I was thinking of a Gideon when Gideon started tearing down idols, and his dad is going to bat for Gideon, and all the city wants to kill Gideon, and, and Gideon's dad stops and says, wait, 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 before you try to kill my son for destroying idols, how about we let uh -huh. these idols defend themselves? Like... The thing about the thing you have to realize about false idols is they always need someone to defend them. The fact that you're always trying to defend drinking is a sign drinking is a false idol. The fact that you're always Ooh. trying to defend yoga is a sign yoga is a false idol. You don't even have to defend God because God displays his power and defends himself. So, but, but I will say this. One good comparison, as you said, for yoga, because some of you are saying, well, I do Christian yoga, it's innocent, is the same comparison would be a Ouija board. Yes, 
You can play the Ouija board just for fun without any bad intentions, but you're still participating in something that was designed to conjure spirits. Yoga was designed to conjure spirits, and I want you to write this on your forehead or write it down somewhere that you don't forget it. The devil does not care about your intentions. So be like, well, I have good intentions wow, when I'm doing so prayer good. stances to demons. The devil's not sitting there going, wait a minute. Don't, we can't, we can't possess this person. We can't go into them because mm -hmm. they have good intentions. Good intentions yeah. are not a blocker from being demonized, okay? The devil's not on, caring about, and that's why cartoons, this whole Disney thing with all the magic and witchcraft, I don't understand how parents let their kids watch this magic and witchcraft when they say, oh, well, it's just a kid's thing. They have good intentions. The demons don't care about your kid's intentions. Okay. They don't care about so innocence. Good. They don't care about being fair. Yoga stances, according to yoga, represents worship to Hindu gods. Um, the yoga teachers, when they do yoga, bow, this is from the yoga journal, by the way, bow to her class with her palms together. She does this, okay, puts her palms together, saying namaste, which means I bow to the divine in you. That's how they start the class. And this is called the mudra, and I won't go into all this, but this is according to the yoga journal. Mudra, which is what they do, means seal mm -hmm. or to be marked. Yoga mudras are symbolic gestures practiced with your hands and fingers, and they facilitate the flow of energy in the body to enhance one's mm -hmm. journey within, to enhance your spiritual journey, okay? The, the gesture done with the palms together, which Christian yoga people do this, they put their palms together and they do yoga. I've seen Christian yoga people do this, is known as the prayer mudra or mudra, whatever you guys say. Okay, I know I'm saying it wrong, I don't care. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and we can go on and on. It's known as a heart seal. So it literally means to seal yourself with, with, with these demonic powers. And I don't know about mm -hmm. you, but I'd be rather be sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible on, says in 2 Corinthians 1, say. now say. he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us is God who has also yeah. sealed us and has given us ah, the spirit Jesus. in our hearts as a guarantee. So here's what Paul's right. saying to the church of Corinth. Why are you being sealed by demons when God says, I want to seal you tonight with my Holy with Spirit? Holy you have to understand God is looking to seal you. Get out of this Christian yoga thing. Don't let yoga, I don't, know, I don't understand some of you weak, no backbone pastors are letting people do yoga classes in your church. And meanwhile, there's no prayer meetings happening. There's no fire. You wonder why there's no fire because on Saturday, your whole church, the women's group is all doing yoga yoga at the church and then Sunday you're trying to invoke the Holy Spirit when all week long you've been invoking demon spirits do not be trying to do all of that in your house some of you are doing it in your house some of you are doing it at, and then you wonder why demon spirits are coming it's the same thing about the curse we need to break this guys tonight is the night of breakthrough I want to ask you one more thing now we're already going to do oh listen we're going to do a part two we're going to talk about in part two we're going to talk about why do people manifest during deliverance do you have to manifest why do you speak to demons um can there be more than one demon in a person why do i keep manifesting after i was delivered can i do self-deliverance um are demons behind sickness is there a difference between demons and strongholds uh, we're going to go into all that on part two but i want to ask one last question then we're going to pray do not leave we're going to pray ask a question we're going to pray prayers of breakthrough uh john ramirez i like what he says he says they're arsenal prayers these are warfare prayers to break demonic powers tonight so don't get off here but i want to ask you one last thing this is a personal question to you pastor vlad why does your ministry post deliverances online and why do you guys do deliverances in public well uh very good question i think uh, probably the same question is that the first deliverance jesus did happened in the public it happened in the synagogue and it mm. happened in front of everybody jesus did not take that man out of the synagogue he took the demon out of the man. Come on. And so I just feel like what's been happening in churches today is that we take demon possess, possessed people out of the building. <laughs> God called us to call, to get demons out of the people. 
Come on, we got the whole thing mixed Say up. It. And so I don't see one deliverance where Jesus did it in private. He did it where it happened. And so that's what that's what we do it now. Um, does it uh, cause some confusion maybe uh, for some people? Perhaps. So is speaking in tongues. Yep. So is worshiping a Jewish guy who was born out of a Virgin Mary and at 33 died and rose from the dead. So is everything that you believe in. The moment you take the supernatural out of the Bible, you're going to have nothing left but David sleeping with Bathsheba and Lot sleeping with his daughters. Wow. And so if, if you're really going to take the supernatural out, it's really what distinguishes us, uh, us from the world. And so we, uh, we do them in public. We pray for uh, people. Now, is it the only time that we do it? No, we pray for also in private. We, we pray in offices. Sometimes we pray in the VIP room, in the life groups. We equip people to cast out demons. And I don't believe that deliverance is a gift from the Holy Spirit. I know where in the Bible do I see deliverance as a gift. In fact, one time a minister asked me, they're like, you have, an, you have a gift for deliverance. Nope. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't. I was like, no, I don't. I was like, I never, I don't believe I have a gift for deliverance. I'm just obedient. I cast out demons because that's what I'm told to do. This is not, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, you, there's no gift for a police officer. Come on. It's a, you got trained, you got the badge, you got the car, and then you got the criminals. And so you must understand right now in the spiritual realm, you and I are police officers. Say it. We got the badge which is the name of Jesus. We got the gun, which is the anointing. And we got the car, which is the church. And then we got the demons and we got to catch them. And unless you want to have those, like, you know, those countries where the police are corrupt. Mm. What makes police corrupt? It's the ones who let criminals go. Wow. So I wonder how many of us pastors are Ooh, you corrupt. Preach. corrupt in this sense that we, we don't confront the demonic. We actually, it's almost like they pay us either under the table or something, Say but it. we do not touch the topic. Why in the world are you a police officer if you're not willing to do anything about the criminals? And so as a pastor, as a minister, mark of your ministry is you got to preach the gospel. You got to heal the sick and you got to cast out demons. And so, and, and it has to be done in public. Why? Because you preach in public. People's like, well, it, gl it, it glorifies the devil. It draws attention to the devil. Are you kidding me? So when the worship team sings, does that draw attention to the, to the worship team? Come on. Of course not. When the pastor preaches for 45 minutes and shares jokes and introduces his, his hot wife and everything. So we're not afraid that that draws attention to the pastor. And in fact, people are more in love with the pastor than with Jesus. Because when the pastor doesn't show up to church, people don't show up. So that's not a problem. But when people get delivered, oh, it draws all the attention to the devil. Really? Come on. People, just, just wake up. That, that's the furthest thing from the truth. It's a lame, really, really lame excuse. Now, when it comes to posting online, why do we post online? Well, for the same reason gospel writers wrote it in the book. Mm. Like, why did they write it? You know, why didn't they hide it? Why didn't they, you know, did they ask permission of those people to put their stories and expose them for thousands of years and people to build sermons and talk about them. I'm not sure if they asked for permission of the demonized man and the woman who was bent for 18 years. But in our case, we do ask for permission to post them online. Um, number two is sometimes they give us permission to post online and something happens with their work. For example, where a video goes viral, like I had a case where I think 5 million views, it went in three days on TikTok of a deliverance of a young girl that I had a permission, you know, of, of posting. And then it just created, honestly, more attention for her and pressure from some churches that she was going to. So we decided to, you know, take it down and stuff. And so it's not about fame. It's not about um, getting popularity because most of the comments are really, really hateful. 
people are saying this is fake, how much they paid them and everything and stuff. And I've seen this. I've had people come to service and say, I'm going to prove that this is fake. And they would stand in the service, we start praying, and then they start manifesting. Come on. Crawling. I am a snake. And I was like, who paid you yeah, to yeah. say that? I thought you were getting I was married. like, well, you're, you're an actor. Stop acting out. Yeah. And then when he would be delivered, he'd be like, man, that was the power of God. God delivered me. Please, God. And I was like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Foolish, ignorant one. And so I told you this is real. And so, um, so if people cannot discredit that it's real, then they're going to start discrediting the right source of it. And so we post it for the glory of God. We post it so we can warn people of the dangers of sin. And we post it honestly for the same way you post your testimonies, you post the sermon bites. It's all for the glory of God. And if you think it gives attention to the devil, then I also think that if you post a sermon, it gives attention to you. I also mm, think if you post a song, good, it gives so attention good. to you instead of that. But I'm going to tell you one thing. In all of the years, and Isaiah will bear witness with me, the moment deliverance happens in the service, a fear of God comes in yes, the service. Yes. In a way that no sermon I've seen creates. That's right. Not the fear of demons. People are like, oh, the fear of demons will come in. Now, were there people there who are scared? Yeah, it's the same people who are scared of spiders at home, okay? So we can't cater everything to people who are snowflakes and don't have a spine. Come on. So we cater the gospel to people who, are, who come there and who want to experience God. But I, this is what I've seen. When people see deliverances, when people truly get delivered, demons are cast out and they see the change in the person's face. Fear of God comes. Usually altar calls are like this easy. Yep. The craziest deliverance, uh, Isaiah, I, uh, I've seen is, I've shared this, I think in the first chapter of my Breakthrough book, was an ISIS terrorist in Nigeria came to bomb the building. We brought 65 people from America to Nigeria to one church uh, and he and his team were successful. And if you know anything about ISIS, they're the great, the biggest terrorist group in Nigeria. They're responsible for over 10,000 deaths in the last 10 years. Wow. They brought a bomb and they were supposed to place it. It's a big church on the exit, which where 65 people from the United States was sitting. The services that we went to this church, they were about from 8 to 11 hours long, nonstop. And so... During the service, the, these, doc, these guys, the terrorists, three terrorists, they couldn't sit through the service. It was too long. So they went to a cross restaurant from the building and they decided to wait until the service ends and then slip the bomb on the exit, which we, where we were sitting, because we were sitting close over the exit, and, so, and slip the bomb so it could cause the most damage. Now, if you watch any news, you know that they were very successful. And on the top of that, they were Muslim and they had charms around them to protect them from being detected by Christian pastors through the word of knowledge. Wow. So they already were charmed up. So they're sitting across the restaurant watching the live stream from the service so they don't miss the ending of the service, eating, and three of them start shaking. So they got their little bomb and they start shaking in the restaurant watching the live stream. The restaurant owner knew the church. He kind of realized what's happening. So he quickly called the church, says, bring the ushers. I got, you know, manifestation. Now he did not know that they were ISIS. They were not ISIS. They were Boko Haram. I'm sorry, Boko Haram. Hmm. He did not know they were Boko Haram. They, he did not know they had a bomb on them. And so ushers come in. By the time ushers came, Two of the Boko Haram members realized that the, the charms is not working Come against on. this church. So they took the bomb and they left. And one guy decided to, you know, put more effort and see if he can resist the anointing. And of course, he ended up on the floor. They dragged him from that restaurant, like physically dragged him into the building. Isaiah, he stood 
he was shaking and baking in front of me as far as this camera, which is not very wow. far from here from me. I did not know he was Boko Haram. So I just saw, see him during the service, you know, guys manifesting and in that church, it's normal. So I'm like, well, praise God, somebody's going to get delivered. And then the pastor gets up on the stage and he, he just starts acting different. He's, you know, leading the church in the warfare. And I'm like, why we need to this much warfare for just one guy? Just, you know, de declare him free and that's it. Like he always does. 20 minutes prayer for this guy. And this guy, you know, walks in a really powerful anointing for deliverance. And, uh, and then when he gets delivered, he gets on his knees and he asks Jesus to come into his heart. Mm. Now, for me, it was like, well, praise God. And then the pastor prophetically says, he says, some of you guys don't know who this is. This is actually a terrorist. Boko Haram. He never stepped into a church facility before. He came today to bomb this place. Wow. He says, some of you are supposed to be dead. He says, if it wouldn't be for deliverance, he says, today we, we would have had your funeral. And I stood there and I was wow. like, OMG. And honestly, I realized that day, if it wouldn't be for deliverance of that guy, I honestly would have been part of the statistic on CNN wow. or Fox News and 65 people from some of them from our church would have been dead about five years ago. Whew, bro, I got I got chills all over. Holy ghost. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. And guys, this is how yeah, serious it is. And for those of you guys who are, who are listening, I have a book called Break Free, where I share different stories that I've encountered in my life. And so you can actually, you can go buy it on Amazon. If you don't want to buy it, you don't have money, go to VladimirSavchuk.com and download it for free. It's just a blessing to you. There's an audio version. And it's, that story is also in that book. And so this stuff is real, guys. You know, we're not making stuff up. We're not saying this so we can drive the views. This really changes people's lives. And I've seen it firsthand. Isaiah has seen it firsthand. And this stuff is real. Vlad, I want to say, so guys, I know you. a lot of you might not know. A lot of you do, but some of you might be new to the stream and not know Vlad. He literally took all of his books, which he has a ton of them, all of his content, all of his material, his teachings, and just God told him to, if I'm not mistaken, I think you shared this last time, to put them up online for free. So you're talking about yeah. income, like this is his income right here, and he decides to give it mm -hmm. all away for free. So guys, that's what we're asking. We're not taking up a 40-minute offering. We're not going to go 30 minutes and telling you about seed, seed harvest, um, seed time and harvest and reaping. There's donation links on the screen. There's the You can go to my website. You can go Venmo. If you're in my stream, I know we're uh, cross-posting to other pages. If you're in my stream, you can click the comments. Partner with what God is doing so into the ministry so we can keep bringing you guys this content. He literally put all his stuff for free. Please, guys, go yeah, buy and, the book. And, and it's not for a season. It's because some people are like, oh, you're doing it just for the season. This is not for a season, and there is no gimmicks or strings attached. Go. I'm not going to ask you to sign up for anything. You just get it. And that's it. And if, if you, you listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. If you can afford it, go buy the book on Amazon. So into what God is doing. Get the book on Amazon and support the ministry. Guys, I'm telling you, as we say every week in the chat, don't dine and dash. God is doing something. And, it, and his website's right here. Uh, Vladimir Savchuk. And guys, listen. I have him linked in the description, his name spelling, his Facebook page. If you click his Facebook page, not only is he streaming, as you can see, he has amazing setup going here, but he also has all of his content on Facebook. You can find all the links to his website. The book is on Amazon. You can find it. If you just go to his Facebook page, you'll find all the links, guys. So that's the most important thing is that you click the link in the description and follow him tonight so that you can be plugged in with everything that God is doing. Um, please, guys, so into the
the stream, so into what God's doing. I'm going to pray. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray deliverance prayer over you. And then I'm going to let yeah. Pastor Vlad go because he's already been with us for almost or over an hour and a half because we've been together since 530. I'm going to let him go. And then I'm going to read all your guys' donations, all of your messages. If you want to hang out and chat with me, you got to be make sure you're on my page. Um, get in the comments because I'm going to be reading through all the comments and hanging out with you guys after. So that's going to be fine. I'm going to read all those after. You got to make sure you're on my page to, for me to see your comments. But I want to pray prayer deliverance. Um, I'm just going to pray a breaking of curses. Of assignments of hexes and then pastor Vlad I'll, I'll turn it over to you whatever you feel to pray um, We're just gonna awesome. pray over you So here's what I want you guys to do I want you guys to put your hands out if you need to close your eyes close your eyes Whatever you need to do to not be distracted and I want you guys to pray as we're praying I want you also to pray you have the legal right and legal authority over your life So we're gonna lead you in prayers But I want you to begin to break these things off of yourself off your generational line renouncing these sins and repenting whether it's Ouija board whether it's yoga whether it's meditation demonic meditation whether it's uh, astral projection whatever it is you need to do please 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 pray as we pray so father right now lord we just want to thank you for what you did tonight we want to thank you lord that you're exposing the works of the enemy that you're exposing darkness and father we pray by the power and the anointing of your holy spirit jesus we thank you that deliverance is all about you it is all about the finished work of the cross we give you all the honor all the glory father we don't focus on the demons we focus on the delivering power of the spirit we thank you for your blood and right now i speak over every person person listening i speak over everyone in the chat i break every demonic power I break every demonic assignment. I break contracts, hexes, and spells. We break word curses, generational curses, earn curses. In the name of Jesus, we command them to be broken now. We speak to every unclean spirit. And you guys, as I'm praying, you need to begin to pray over yourself. We speak to every unclean spirit listening. We say you have no legal right. We say you have no legal authority. We say you have no power. We command you now to be broken and to leave in Jesus' name. We command command your legal rights to be broken now we command your assignment it ends now in Jesus name we speak the power of the Holy Spirit to go in now into those homes where those demons have come out of and to fill the house we commend every unclean spirit to leave every room of the house I want you right now as you're listening to tell those demons I am not your house I am no longer a home of Satan. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Satan, you have no legal right. You have no power. You have no access. In Jesus' name, I evict you today. Just begin to tell them. I'm going to pass over you, Vlad, to pray over here. But just begin to tell those demons they have no legal right over you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you right now for your anointing that is in this room. I thank you, Father, for right now for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that rests upon our lives. I thank you, Lord God, that this is not a this is not just a an opportunity, but it's a commission. It's an assignment you've given us, God, to destroy your enemy, to cast out demon spirits, God, to break curses, Lord God, to trample upon the snakes and scorpions. And right now, I take authority over every spirit of fear. Mm. I take authority over every spirit yes. of anxiety. I take authority over every spirit of heaviness. I take authority over every spirit right now of intrusive thoughts. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command that to go in Jesus' name. Things that are moving in your house, uh, stuff, the shadows, the squeaking noises, and the, the night terrors, the nightmares, the things that you wake up in, in, the, in the middle of the night scared and screaming, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I command that to stop and never return in Jesus' name. Some of you, you have a dream catcher in your house. Come and you on. need to throw that away. Until you throw that away, the nightmares won't stop. So just remove the things that are in. If, even if you're in doubt, just remove that. 
I've seen people that deliverance couldn't come until they removed the things that kept the demons lodged in. Lord, I pray right now that right now you're going to begin to bring freedom and you're going to begin to bring deliverance in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every sexual demon, mm. every demon that came through sex and every demon that is causing abnormal sexual desires, every demon that is causing homosexual tendencies in the name of Jesus Christ. You demon of lesbianism, leave in the name of Jesus. You demon homo of homosexuality and fornication and adultery in the name of Jesus Christ. That demon of pornography be broken right now over people's lives in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit of bondage. If you have an addiction to gambling, smoking or drinking, I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I agree with that viewer. I agree right now with that person that is watching. In Jesus' mighty name, let there be freedom instead of spirit of bondage. Let the spirit of bondage go right now in Jesus' mighty name. Spirit of bondage go in Jesus' mighty name. Receive freedom from that. I break the urge to smoke. I break the yes. urge to drink. I break the urge to gamble. I break the urge to masturbate in the name of Jesus Christ. Be free in Jesus' mighty name. Be free in the name of Jesus. I come against every spirit of loneliness. I come against every spirit of rejection. I come against every spirit of offense, every spirit of abuse, every spirit of victim where you constantly feel yourself like a victim. You're not loved and accepted anywhere. And you live in that bottle of offense in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I pray that you will bring deliverance right now to that person, that you will bring your fire into that room, into that car, into that office, into that space right now where this person is and remove that and deliver them in the name of Jesus. And from this stream, we're going to hear so many people who were yes. delivered and who will set free in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break every curse of barrenness. We yes. break every curse of divorce. We break every curse of mental disorder in the name of Jesus. We break every curse of poverty in Jesus' mighty name. I break every curse of accident prone, mm. where there's constant car accidents, where there are constant physical injuries in the gym, at work, and you're going from one accident to another accident. I break that curse in the name of Jesus Christ. I break every curse that a witch placed on you because of a jealous boyfriend or girlfriend. I break every curse that was placed by a voodoo dolls being pierced with needles in the name of Jesus Christ be broken over your life and I speak the word of God over you right now the word of love the word of peace the word of breakthrough the word of life and the word of spirit in the name of Jesus Christ that you will live and not die that you will prosper that you will declare the works of God that God has plans and purposes for your life and that your life will be successful and we will be on purpose and fulfill his assignment in Jesus mighty name Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on. Thank oh, Pastor Vlad, tonight has been... Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.